Chapter 18. You say you found her in the woods? Yes, my lady. North of the Bayoune Pass. A delicate pause. She slashed her sage in the face. Yes, I have heard the story. As the voices drew closer and footsteps thudded down the dungeon, I perked up. It had been five dawns since I had arrived in this miserable place, but I recognized the man's voice. He was the same sentinel who had spoken up for me against Hosege and his hooligans in the woods. Silently, in the dark of my cell, I pressed my ear against the wall to listen more closely. The lady harumphed, a sound deeper than her voice. Tell me the truth, or were you? Could she really be a spy? Unlikely. She had Lord Talkin's emblem. Yes, a fact none of you bothered to tell me. Now let me inside. I want to have a word with her. The door rattled open, and I peered at the lady from under my wooden bowl. Could she be Lady Bushian? The light from her candle was weak, so I couldn't see her features clearly, but I made out a sturdy figure in plain blue brocade and a thick woolen shawl. Gray marbled her tightly waxed hair, and a pale jade bracelet glimmered from one of her wrists, but what caught my attention was the satchel hanging over her shoulder. My satchel. You're not asleep, she said, seeing my fingers twitch. Sit up, and don't pretend not to understand. The guards have already informed me that you're smarter than you look. Obediently, I got up, only to lunge for my satchel. Oriyu blocked me, and I tripped over my bound legs. You'll have to answer some questions before you get your bag back. I sank weakly against the wall. I'd waited days for someone to interrogate me, or whip me for scarring Hesedja's face. But no one had come. I'd been utterly forgotten. Lucky, if the guards remembered to bring me my one meal a day. The hunger had been worse than the waiting. Now suddenly I was to be interrogated. I've been told you cannot speak, said Lady Bushian. You will answer with a nod or a shake of your head. Understand? I nodded once. Satisfied, Lady Bushian motioned at the ropes over my wrists and ankles. Or will you cut my legs free? Get up and follow me, said the lady, picking up her shirts. This place is hardly suitable for an interrogation. Seeing as I had no choice, I wobbled after her. You certainly don't look like a spy, was all she said before Oriyu opened the prison door. Sunlight stung my eyes and teeth chattering. I hugged my arms over my chest, startled by the brutal cold slashing at my cheeks. And the mountains, I didn't recognize any of them. I had to be farther from my brothers than I'd thought. I started mining my memory of my old geography lessons, but once I saw the embroidered banners hanging from the castle walls, I knew exactly where I was. The one place I'd been trying to avoid for over a decade. Castle Bushian, the imperial fortress of Eero. The stronghold of the north was just as I had imagined, grim and bleak, with barren courtyards and parched gardens surround surrounding a lifeless castle with grey-tiled roofs. Even the air smelled heavy of sandstone and wood smoke. My hopes of escape melted, as if they were made of ice. We were about to enter one of the fortress's guardhouses when a young girl with two braids and persimmons sticking out of her pockets ran toward us, her face flushed with excitement. Is that her, Mama? she cried, breathless. Is this the girl who— Magari! Lady Bushy and chided. I distinctly remember telling you to stay inside the castle. You'll catch cold out here. You should be resting. You can't expect me to rest all day, Magari beamed in my direction. I wanted to meet the girl who fought Hesage. May she join us for lunch? Lady Bushy and immediately frowned. How did you hear about that? Magari grinned at Oriyu, who pretended to look away, and addressed his helmet. Oriyu told me. He said she had Talkin's dagger, too. Please, Mama, may she join us? It would it would be hardly appropriate. But she's hungry, aren't you, Magari's? Magari's eyes sparkled with mischief. She looked to be no older than ten, and the hem of her dress was striped with mud. I liked her immediately. When her mother wasn't looking, I answered Magari with a small nod. I wasn't just hungry, I was famished. Magari tried to slip one of her persimmons into my shawl, but Oriyu cast us both a stern glance. I'll get you some later, she whispered, following her mother and me into the guardhouse before Lady Bushian could forbid it. Inside, a young woman was seated primly on a wooden stool. She clutched a scarlet umbrella and was dressed entirely in white, except for an ebony belt embroidered with mountains. 
Her round face, powdered and accentuated by a mole on her right cheek, looked kind, but when she raised her eyes, I saw they were as sharp as thorns. Zarina, Megari breathed, turning to her mother. What is she doing here? Lady Bushy glared at her. Manners, Megari, or Ariu will send you back to your room. Is this the thief you wanted me to meet? Zarina asked, bowing demurely. The child who stole Talkin's emblem? My eyes narrowed. Child, I couldn't have been more than a year younger than she was, and I didn't steal the emblem. Ariu claims Talkin gave it to her, said Lady Bushy tightly. When and why, we shall soon find out. Hasej said she was with assassins he encountered in Zenza. But my nephew is hardly a trustworthy source of news. I, ha I hate to ask, Zarina, but does she look familiar to you? Zarina leaned forward to scrutinize me, resting her chin on her umbrella. No, no, I would have remembered one such as her, with that strange bowl on her head. I have faith that all the bandits who attacked my parents are dead. Lord Shereemun has such a way of claiming the wicked. She paused. Though perhaps there is something wicked about her, Hasej did tell me about this girl. He said she tried to kill him. No, she didn't, Megari argued. Mama, she's not an assassin. She can't. Lady Bushin's shoulders tensed. I will decide the girl's fate, she said, drawing out a dagger from her side. Talkin's emblem swung from its hilt, and mud encrusted its silken cords. Two weeks ago, my son told me he was going hunting with Hasej. He took five of Eero's best sentinels with him, hardly the appropriate entourage for a simple hunting trip. Talkin's never been a very good liar, Megari muttered. Their mission took them deep into the Zensa forest, where assassins ambushed them. They were separated, and Talkin has not returned. Lady Bushian's cold gaze met mine. And in the forest where he went missing, my nephew found you, with this. She dangled in the emblem before me. Did you steal it from my son? I shook my head vigorously. Am I to believe he gave it to you? To think I'd wanted Talkin's dagger, not the emblem. I swallowed hard. Yes, he did. I nodded firmly. When? That was a harder question to answer without the use of my voice. I put up my fingers four, five, maybe six weeks ago. Why? I pursed my lips, then scooped the air and stirred. He liked my cooking. Lady Bushin shook her head, not understanding. She gave him food, Megari guessed, when I pretended to drink from my cupped lips. She cooked for him. Lady Bushin raised an eyebrow as I confirmed this with a nod. You cook for him? She repeated. Soup, I mouthed, pretending to feed myself. That, Lady Bushian seemed to understand. She gripped her son's dagger tightly. Oriyu spoke up. She was alone when we found her. Hasej attacked her in spite of my opposition. She cut him in self-defense. I see Lady Bushian's eyes were like her son's. Their depth easy to underestimate. What did you say her name was again? Hasej called her Lena. Lena, echoed Lady Bushian. A simple name, but I cannot decide if she is a simple girl. Time will tell, I suppose. Oriyu, free her. As the sentinel cut the ropes at my wrist, Zarina's lips puckered as if she'd tasted something sour lady bushy and she said in a low voice are you certain it's wise to allow her to stay i fear there must be something amiss with her she stared at the bowl on my head making it clear exactly what was amiss what if she harbors dark spirits or brings ill luck to the castle she twirled her umbrella i didn't want to say it earlier but hasej warned me that she she might be a demon Megari snorted reminding us of her presence hasej would call his own mother a demon if it suited him there are no demons in kiata that's where you're wrong, Zarina warned the girl. All the demons are sealed up in the holy mountains, and though they can't leave, they call out to the weak, compelling them to commit their evil deeds. I worry that this girl could be possessed. That's nonsense. Respect your elders, Megari, Lady Bushian said, shooing, shooing her daughter a warning look. She turned to Zarina, reassuring her. I trust my son more than my nephew. Talkin mentioned meeting a cook in Tiani village. What he did not mention was that she couldn't speak. Cannot speak, Zarina touched the mole on her powdered cheek. Her tone oozed with pity. I see. It would be like talking to feel sorry for such a girl. He has your compassion and generosity. Yes, I thought he'd inherited my honesty as well, Lady 
Bush, Lady Bushian replied dryly, but it seems he's been taking lessons from his sister. He's a very poor student, mother, quipped Magar. You have nothing to fear. Don't I, Lady Bushian's lips thinned? We'll see if, when, he returns. The word when came out strained, and in spite of my resolve to remain indifferent, I felt a twinge of concern. My own mission was too urgent for me to concern myself with Hawkins' troubles, but now that I knew it was he, not his sage, who'd been the kind sentinel from Sparrow Inn, I certainly didn't wish him dead. Lady Bushian composed herself and turned to me. Winter's upon us, and you will stay until it passes in the kitchen. I've decided, or we will show you to the servants' quarters. Now go. I wouldn't budge, not until she returned my satchel. The bag, Lady Bushian, said Oryu. I believe she wishes it returned. What's inside it? Zarina asked. Nothing, replied Lady Bushian, drawing her eyebrows together. Absolutely nothing. Thank the gods that Enchanter hadn't lied about the bag's powers. I practically snatched the satchel from Lady Bushian's outstretched arms, clasping it in both hands. I fought the urge to make sure the nettles were still inside. Poor child, said Zarina, shaking her head as I held the satchel tight. It must be of sentimental value, all she has left in the world. I relaxed my grip. I needed to appear less attached. The last thing I wanted to do was attract suspicion to my satchel. Zarina patted my soldier shoulder, drawing so close I could smell the incense suffused into her robes. You aren't alone, Lena. I know how you must feel. Before I could push her away, she withdrew and addressed Lady Bushian. Allow me to walk Lena to the kitchen and acquaint her with the staff. She draped her coat over my shoulders. She looks like she could use a hearty meal, and it is the least I can do. Are you certain? It would be no trouble at all. You've grown into such a charitable young lady, said Lady Bushian in praise. Megari would do well to learn from you. Megari rolled her eyes, and under the cover of my bowl, I did the same. At least I wasn't the only person who recognized a two-faced viper when I saw one. As if on cue, a twisted smile bloomed on Zarina's lips once we were alone. You've charmed Lady Megari, she said, opening her umbrella and raising it aloft. But that charm won't work on me, she turned on her heel and pointed at a stone structure opposite the castle. Smoke billowed from its chimney, and fire glittered in the windows. This is where you'll work, she said, then turned abruptly, guiding me toward a brick storehouse not far from the dungeon. A servant was waiting outside, holding a wooden bucket, along with a folded blanket and a stack of robes. My new uniform, I assumed. After a hasty bow to Zarina, he thrust the items into my arms and scurried back toward the castle. Zarina opened the storehouse's back door with relish, and she gestured into the cellar. And this is where you'll sleep. My back went rigid. This was not the servants' quarters, as Lady Bushian had promised. Inside, a narrow wooden stairwell led to a cavernous chamber filled with sacks of rice and, from the smell, barrels of salted fish. There was no sleeping mat, no hearth, not even a place for me to heat a kettle. Zarino arched a thinly painted eyebrow. What? You thought you'd stay in the castle with the other servants? We can't have you bringing ill fortune into the castle. Besides, no one wants to be near you with that thing on your head, she paused. Except the rats, of course. They like to visit now that the weather has turned cold. Anger stirred in my heart. I was no fool. I would freeze sleeping in this place, likely even fall ill and die. Hurry and wash, Zarina said, stabbing the end of her umbrella in the ground. Chirurin is expecting you in the kitchen. Wash? With what? There was no water, only barrels of freshly caught fish scattered among the ones of those that had already been salted and dried. The smell was rancid. Before she left, she lifted her cloak from my shoulders. You won't be needing this anymore. A chill instantly seeped into my bones, and Zarina shut the cellar door, leaving me in the dark. At least it was quiet here, secluded, too. I peeked into my satchel, bright light fanned out, illuminating the room. Everything was still inside, the fragile threads of starstroke sparkling as if stained by the blood of stars, the raw nettles still burning with demon fire. I took one careful step down, then another, and another. The wooden stairs were old, some cracked and splintered. Cobwebs clumped into my hands when I touched the walls, and I shook them off, repulsed. 
Scratch squeaked, emboldened by the shadows, and I staggered against one of the barrels of fish. Demons take me. I hated rats. Not as much as I hated snakes, but close. I opened my satchel wider, a sharp light spilling out, and the rats skittered, frightened by the dark magic I'd brought here. I small, small triumph. I shivered as I dressed. It was still day, and already it was freezing in here. That did not bode well for the night, or the rest of the winter. Something rustled outside, scraping against the wall. Kiki? I called. No, it was just an ordinary bird, likely a raven or a crow. Worry preyed on me. All week I'd called for her, stretching my mind as far as it could go, but Kiki never responded. Had a sage found her and destroyed her, or had she flown to my brothers looking for help? Strands of Amelian. I hoped she was safe. I shut my satchel, and as the light from the starstroke dwindled, I raced back to the stairs before the rats regained the courage to come out again. On the last step, I turned back, my eyes adjusting to the shadows, and my ears picking out the skittering roaches and rats. Critters unbearable cold and rank smells. Those I could deal with. This place was undesirable, which meant no guards, no maids. No one would come into the cellar, especially at night. Little did Zarina know it, but she'd given me a sanctuary, a new workplace, until I found a way to reunite with my brothers. It would have to do.